Anchorage, and you can look at your marriages or harvest field. My marriage isn't doing so hot, so all of a sudden the, the enemy brings you a distraction of Mr. Right for right now. He comes along and he distracts you, your attention real fast. It's, it's a ploy. It is a distraction off of where you're supposed to be planting and watering. Let me tell you, marriage is not easy. And Ranton and I, we are constantly planting seeds and watering, planting seeds and watering, planting seeds and watering. And people want to know, well, how is it that y'all have such good fruit coming from your marriage? Because we have spent years planting and watering and so reaping and tilling the soil of our marriage. When I talk about harvest fields, I'm talking about every area that the Lord has called you to. Your children, your work, that's your harvest field. One of the things that my husband um, was, we were laughing about the other day was, Randy, we put him in uh, a school right by our house, and every day he was coming home, and he was going, I want to be homeschooled. I don't want to do this anymore. He, and he, he, we transferred him in December, and so he really didn't have a lot of friends right up front. We just thought, oh, you'll make friends, buddy, you'll make friends. And he kept saying, no, I just want to be homeschooled. And I kept going, what is going on? He says, nothing, I just don't want to go to the school anymore. And I said, you just got to give it time. Well, finally, one day, he came home, and he said, Mom, I am done. I need to be homeschooled. I said, why? He says, because nobody believes in Jesus at my school. I said, you've been asking around? He goes, I just know, Mom. I just know. <laughs> I guess he could tell by their fruit. I, I don't really know. And I said, and this is when you're parenting, when you're talking to your kid, but you're really talking to yourself. And I said, buddy, that means you're more than called to this school. That means that you're supposed to be a light in a dark place. That means that people have been waiting on you to come to this school to tell you about Jesus. Well, he took that to heart. And so, like deep, deep in his heart. And he, he has been inviting um, a Muslim friend of his, Abdullah, to, to church every day for the last week. And I said, you know, bud, it's okay if he doesn't say yes right away. You just need to love him. How we minister is not always come to church, come to church, come to church. Sometimes we just pray for him, love, be kind. I said, that's how you can minister to people. And he says, okay, well, I'll do that. But I told him today if he wouldn't come to church with me, I'd tie him up and put him in a bag and bring him myself. I said, that's not being salt and light to the world. Um, I hope that his parents don't call me. Um, <laughs> You can't be mad that someone else has got a harvest in their lane. It just takes time. It just takes development. It takes running in your lane long enough and planting and watering. And sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to grasp, but sometimes you won't always see a harvest in that field because you're called just to, oh, my scripture's not there. You're called just to water it or you're called just to plant the seed because at the end of the day, it's all God's increase anyways. Am I right? So Paul's saying here, I don't even care if I see a harvest because it belongs to the Lord anyway. So we can get mad and throw a fit and say, well, their lane looks better than mine and they're doing better and have a pity party. Or we can just say, you know what? I'm called to water during this season and I'm going to water well and I'm going to parent well and I'm, gonna, I'm going to encourage in my work well. One of the things that I have noticed in pastoring is people always praying for a new job. And I always ask them, why? Why are you praying for a new job? Why is it, is it not pay you enough? Do we need to be praying for a bonus, raises? What do we need to be praying for? And they said, no, I just don't like the environment. It's just very ungodly. And every time I want to shake them and go, that means you're in the right place. Yeah. 
that means God is about to use you big. Have you ever stopped, said, in the middle of a conversation, stopped and said, Let me, you know what, let me pray about that? God puts you there for a reason. He wants you to run well in your lane and not be distracted. The enemy has called to distract. Have you, uh, you know, when, when toddlers come in and you don't want to discipline them or rip something out of their hand because they'll say no, no, and throw a fit and the whole thing, so you distract them? Have you ever... You don't want that paintbrush with paint on it and you're standing on my white carpet. So you say, you want this lollipop. This lollipop is better. And so they like, yes, and they go for the lollipop. That's what the enemy does to get us totally distracted off of what we're supposed to be doing. He's like, don't look over here. This is hard. Look over here. Go on this side. And, and this person, it's so much greener on this side of the fence. Go over on their harvest field. The Lord has called us individually and given us gifts like David. He was a mighty warrior. Solomon, he might not have been a mighty warrior. He was called to a, a season of peace. He was wise. He had a totally different gift build. Totally different gift build. I was, I, I laugh because my daughter and I are so much opposite, but it's not in a bad way. Kennedy is a boss. She's a boss lady. Like she was built with the giftings and the talents to just be an unbelievable boss lady. You know what I mean? I'm not a boss lady. Look, I'm just here for the party, okay? And, uh, and, and so I know that she is going to do things that I have never even attempted or thought to attempt to, to try in my life because she is equipped with some gifts that I look at and go, where did that even come from? She's the girl version of my husband. This is the real deal. So, so why would I even try to do what she's called to? <laughs> why would she even try to do what I... It would be wrong of me to put my hat on her and say, wear it. It would be defeating. She would feel defeated. She would feel like a fish trying to climb a tree. It doesn't fit. It doesn't work. Let me read to you in Ruth, just real fast. I... I love this story of Ruth and Naomi, and you know, I wasn't going to discuss it because everybody does Ruth and Naomi on Mother's Day. I'm like, oh God, don't make me read that. I don't want to do the typical Mother's Day message. I was like, this is so silly, and the Lord made me go back and read about Ruth. How many of y'all have heard, I'm going to recap it real fast, the story of Ruth and Naomi. So basically, Naomi's the, the mother-in-law. She loses her husband. She has three sons. They're all married. And Ruth is one of them, and they then eventually, a year or two later, lose the, the sons as well. So now, Naomi has these two daughter-in-laws, and they're all widows, and they have nothing, and they have no men to take care of them. And so that's just a really quick, like, brief, like, cliff notes of the beginning of Ruth, okay? And so I'm going to read to you, where are we at? Chapter 2, verse 8. <clears throat> Naomi brings Ruth back to her homeland of Bethlehem. And it says uh, she starts gleaning in Boaz's field. Boaz is just a family member. And, and Ruth is hungry. And she has an elderly woman she has to take care of now. So she goes out in the field. And she starts everything they're dropping, she's picking up and putting in her bucket. Food. And she's going to bring it home and feed her and Naomi until they figure out what they're going to do with their life. Well, Boaz, he finds out. It says, Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us with, uh, when you gather grain. Don't 
go to any other fields. Stay right behind the, the young woman working in the field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly and when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Mealtime came and Boaz called to her, come over here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in the sour wine. That was supposed to be tasty, by the way. I don't really know how dipping your bread in sour wine is tasty, but yeah. And so she sat with her harvesters and Boaz, uh, with his harvesters, and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. She ate all she, had, she wanted and she had some left over. So here Naomi is, or I mean, sorry, Ruth is, and she's in this field and she is picking up leftovers. But Boaz, he, he's, he, gets her, he, he sees a pretty girl, let's just be honest. And he's like, who is this girl? And it diverts his attention, and he begins to, to woo her and say, you can, you know, he says it's because he felt bad for her, but she was pretty and single, I'm sure of it. And so <laughs> he says, eat of any of the harvest and, and, and take some home, and here's leftovers, and, and also come to dinner with us. And he says, just stay in this field. Don't go to any other field, because I've already told my men to be kind to you. See, one of the dangers is that if she had gone to another field, men would have, have violated or hurt her. I don't, I don't know. And, and Naomi even addresses it later. She says, don't look to your right or to your left. Stay in this field because he has looked kindly upon you. This is very important. So go to uh, the, the verse in uh, chapter 2, verse nine, 8 through 9. Oh, I'm sorry. That, yeah. Boaz went over and said to her, listen, my daughter, stay right here and gather grain. So there was provision. There was provision and there was protection. But would those two things have been in a different field? Some of us have spun our wheels trying to figure out why the Lord has not provided. Why the Lord is not protecting but it's because we've been set in our ways and set, set in a, decided to go to a different field, harvest in somebody else's field that the Lord has not called us to. There is no pr provision there. There's no provision. Stop spinning your wheels. Ask the Lord, am I in the wrong place at the right time? Or I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time or the right place at the right time? Am I in the wrong harvest field? Am I running in someone else's lane? Because there's no provision and there's no protection. Because whatever God calls, he provides and he protects. So if those things are not flourishing where you're at in your life, something is off. It's time to edit and reevaluate. In Proverbs chapter 4, um, verse 25, he says, Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on that safe path. Notice the word safe again. God is reiterating safe and protection. You are protected in his will. When you leave his will, when you try to get outside of his will, there is no pr protection there. Go to the, the, mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on your path. Is, is there, uh, no, there's not more. I'm so sorry. Um, one of the versions in New King James Version, it says to ponder the path. That means that you need to reassess. We do this in January when we have New Year's resolutions and we sit down and go, okay, what do we want our year to look like? Have you ever 
your list gets so long in January, you're like, I'm going to work out every day for two hours. <sighs> and I'm going to do one million squats every day. And I'm going to look amazing. And I'm going to cook a meal every single night. And everybody's going to sit around the table. And we're all going to eat at least three vegetables at dinner time. And we're all going to have personal prayer time for an hour, and then we're going to come together, and we're going to have another prayer time for another hour as a family, and then we're going to prophesy every night for 45 minutes. How many of y'all have this long laundry list of what you're going to get done in that year and what your life should look like? The Lord said it is good for you to ponder your path and go, wait, what's the most important thing for me to be doing right now? Is it really to be homeroom mom? Is it really? I mean, it could be. You might be called to the PTA. I don't know. But you have to assess it and go, am I being pulled away because the enemy doesn't want me focused on what I'm supposed to be doing? There are lives at stake. We forget because we, we don't live in a third world country. We forget that we are called first and foremost to be tilling the soil of the gospel. There are people's lives at stake and if we're not in the right lane, we're not operating in the kingdom of God as the hand when we're called to the hand and we're trying to be a neck. We're trying to be a head when really we're a wrist. So we're not functioning in, within our role and we're not really getting anywhere in the kingdom of God. Because I know that's big picture. I've been talking about small picture, your household, what you're called to, your work, your lane. But big picture, when you're not in your lane, it affects the body of Christ. It does. If you go on to, to read Ruth, it says, uh, like at the, toward the very, very end, the last chapter of Ruth, she ends up marrying Boaz, right? And she has a baby. And everybody thinks that this is the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. The end of the story is that Naomi gets a grandson, and it's wonderful. And they, all the women talk about it. And they're like, Naomi, you got a, Ruth gave you a baby, and your family name is saved, and it's wonderful. That's not the end of the story, because Ruth and Boaz have Obed, right? They named their son Obed. I don't know why you wait that long to have a son and name it Obed, but it's okay. Do, you do you, right? And then Obed <laughs> had the baby Jesse. And then Jesse had David, King David. So you keep, I, I was brought back. The Lord kept bringing me back and having me reread and reread and reread. And I, I kept steering away from it going, Lord, that's the typical Mother's Day message. He says, it is vital that Ruth put her head down and not look to the right and not look to the left, but to harvest in the field that, that she had been called to because not just her life, not just Naomi's life, but generations of lives will depend on this one thing. And I begin to realize that we think that what we do is so small, but in actuality, the Lord is behind the scenes. He's, he's visible, invisibly working, and he's sewing together this beautiful picture. And we can't see it. We can't see the forest for the trees. You know what I mean? So we've got our head down going, well, why, Lord? I don't, I'm tired of sowing these seeds. But the Lord said, because four generations from now, a mighty king will be born. And not just that, generations after that, the savior of the world will be born through your lineage. 
She wasn't even supposed to be in the lineage. She was a Moabite woman that you might as well just call her a heathen. She was a heathen, and she just happened to marry into the right family that loved the Lord, that were, that were Hebrew. He is, I'm prophesying this right now, he is lacing together and sewing your life together in an unseen way right now. And he is calling you back to edit the things that are not of him. Just distractions of the enemy. Just, just causing you to turn your head a different way. He wants your head down working on what he's called you to do. Focused, giving your 100% effort. I know that Randon has always said, uh, it's, um, it's verging on impossible or it cannot even be done to be able to multitask. It's not a real thing. Because you will not be giving your best to one of those things. So you can say as a parent, oh, I'm a multitasker. I can do it all. I can do it all. No, actually, you look ridiculous. You look like a circus act. Okay? And, and, and nobody has the heart to tell you that. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a circus act myself. And sometimes my husband has to stop me and say, is, it, is, is someone going to die if this doesn't get done today? <laughs> If your kids don't have clean pants for school and they have to rewear a pair of pants, is someone going to die? Will someone catch a fungus and die? No. And so you begin to edit and say, the Lord has called me to the things that I can do. He has gifted me to do. And if I don't do that thing, nobody else is going to do that thing the way that God has called me to do. He's not. It's true. Who else? could have taken David's place. Nobody. So it was vital that David let run in his lane and let Solomon run in his lane and that Ruth keep her head down and focused and run in her lane. And it is vital that each of us play our part and not become distracted. Uh, I believe that the, the, it's an art form for the enemy. It's an art form. We are so focused on our phone. And I hate to get on that because I know everybody hates it when the pastor gets on that. But we get so distracted with social media and with text messages and with every games on TV and, and, uh, and, and HGTV, ladies, because that'll just suck you in for two hours, never let you out. And then I'm, I'm telling you the truth. And then just... Everything that the enemy has put in place to just softly draw you away from what you should be doing. I'm here to call your attention back. What is it that the Lord has placed in your life and said, this is your season, finish it well. One of the things that I love about the Lord is that it says, he says in Matthew, he says, uh, I will finish my race, I will finish harvesting and I will finish what I have to do well. It will finish, I will finish well. He knew that his end would be torturous, but he would finish well. We know that by the grace of God, we win. The best thing we can do is to finish strong. We don't even have to look at that end and say he, we have to go to a cross and, and we have to be beaten and we have to take on the curse of the world. He's already won. And so all we have to do is say, I'm going to run my race and I'm going to finish it well. And you know what? I believe generations after are going to flourish because of it. I believe that the Lord is restoring families because of what you're doing. And I, I know that the, the Lord is calling you back to attention the things that only you are called to do. Some of you in this room are called to be a stay-at-home mom and raise the next president of the United States. 
Some of, that is your main call. Some of you are called to work and to, to, to be, uh, I, she's signing right now. Deborah, turn around. Some of you are called to be a lawyer for justice Amen. and a mother. And, and that's Elaine. She has a grace for her. I, I don't have a grace for it. God love me. I don't have a grace for it. Everybody's called to a different lane and there will be a grace in that lane. And if you're not, if you are not in the correct lane, ask yourself those questions that we talked about today. Am I growing? Is, is this producing the fruit of the Spirit in my life? Do I feel love? Do I, or do, am I stressed to the max? Am I biting everybody's heads off? Did I lay the horn on too long because I got traffic road rage? Because there's no patience in my life being developed. If, the, if these are things that are beginning to be fruit in your life that you don't have the gift, the fruit of the Spirit, but they're producing other things, is it your lane? Is it the place God has called you? If there is no grace for it, there's no provision and there's no protection, is it your lane? Reevaluate. Why don't you stand with me today? I think that the best part that the Lord spoke to me was the part about the generations, lining out the generations that, that David and that Jesus and all of these key people that develop. That's why the whole book of Ruth is there. It's for us to see <clears throat> the generations that are changed through your faithfulness. How you don't even have to be the, the most holiest person in the She was a Moabite woman that came to know the Lord. Then lost everything. Had nothing. Had to pick, go behind other people and pick up their food. But that's still the lineage that a warrior and the first, the, 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 the warrior king of Israel was birthed out of. It is so important for us to stay focused. And my father called me, my father and I are very close. Uh, we talk all the time and it annoys Randon because we'll have loud conversations at 5 a.m. in the morning in the living room. He'd be like, could you shut that door? And so my dad and I will have coffee in the morning at 5 a.m. And he said, Lindsay, I was woke up in the middle of the night and the Lord said that the, 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 the demon of distraction has been knocking at your door. And I said, Dad, that's not a demon. Is it? He went, I'm telling you, I saw the demon of distraction knocking at your door. You've got to have people in your life that will look at you and say the hard things and say, hey, you're not focused right now. You're trying to do too many things. That is not you. One of my, one of my favorite things I've ever heard from T.D. Jakes and, and his beautiful wife was he went to preach at Hillsong. Wasn't, it was in Australia. And um, he had never preached to that type of church before. It was just out of his comfort zone. And he, he got there and realized that he was in a full suit. And everybody else was in jeans and, and beanies and looked a little bit homeless. <laughs> it's those millennials. Uh, and, so, and so he gets there and he, he gets up on stage and he says, uh, I think I overdressed. He said, I didn't know if I was supposed to wear jeans or a suit or what. And, and I apologize. And his wife stood up and says, you do you, boo, and sat back down. It's silly and it's a joke, but it's true. 
We've all been called to do something specific with our kids, our family, our work, and the kingdom of God. It's a call that you cannot stray from. Find your lane and run in it and finish well. Amen? Father, I just thank you for your presence today. And I ask that there would be a special dose, a special blessing that would be bestowed on our mothers today. Whether it's a, it's a woman that's lost a mother this year, whether it's a woman that's lost a child, whether it's a woman that had her first baby. Father, I, I don't know the wide, um, the wide variety of different moms that we have in this room, but I ask that you would do an unbelievable work for them today. Let them feel the love of God like they have never felt it before in their life. I just thank you that it's going to be surprising and it's even going to go, wow, was that you, God? It's going to just make them realize that you are paying attention to their very need and where they're at right now. Father, I just thank you that there is beginning a, a, a new work in our lives, in the body of Christ as a whole, that you would cause us to, to throw away distraction to not look to the right or to the left, to not be jealous of other people's harvest, to not be uh, bored and distracted, but, Father, to keep our minds focused on the work of God in our own lives. That, that we are, if we, whatever season we're called to, whether it's the season of watering, whether it's the season of sowing, whether it's the season of, of harvesting, Father, that you would keep our eyes focused right there. I thank you that you're, you're causing us to, get big as the body of Christ and strong and focused because soon you'll be coming back for a beautiful bride. All the pieces in place, Father. The whole body of Christ just perfectly in place awaiting your arrival, Father. I just thank you for it. I thank you for a special blessing on all the moms. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Here's what I want to do. I want to open up the altar. I want to have our prayer partners come forward. If you are, um, if anybody that needs prayer, first of all, you're welcome. Why don't y'all come now, uh, prayer partners? And I just want to bless you on your way out. Uh, Jabez, you got my blessing for me? Oh, perfect. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. May, may he put his name, the name of Jesus, on you. And to you, and what do I say, babe? How do I work this blessing thing? Oh, I said it to myself. I gave myself back the blessing. I'm sorry. I messed that up. Hey, make sure you all get a gift on the way out the door. We have a Mother's Day gift for every mom. Don't leave it. Make sure you take it home with you. Happy Mother's Day.